What's going on, everybody? I'm Johnny Brook. Welcome back to episode number 31 of the Crafted Podcast. Podcasts all about making stuff by hand, woodworking, metalworking, electronics, and more. We put out new episodes every Wednesday on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, pretty much everywhere podcasts are available. If you want to learn more about the podcast, check out our website at craftedpodcast.com. We also live stream there every Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time if you want to join us. You can also live stream with us on our new app. Just search for Crafted Podcast on either iOS or Android and download the app free of charge. Also, we want to thank our patrons. As always, your support is hugely helpful. We've got a couple new patrons this week. We've got Taylor Craig, Sean McHenry, and Boone Langston. So thank you to you three guys. Thank and, you. Yes. And to our top patron, as always, Make Build Modify. Uh, you guys really help to keep this show going. So uh, if you want to also help support the show a little further, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes. That is a huge help as well. So let me go ahead and introduce my co-hosts as always. We've got James by right. James, James by right. James Wright <laughs> James from Wood by right. <laughs> what's going on, James? Oh, you know exactly what's going on. And thank you for everyone who's here. Nice. And Zach Herberholz from ZH Fabrications. What's up, Zach? Not much. And we've got a special guest on tonight. We've got Kevin Karen, who uh, you might recognize from YouTube. He is a awesome kind of metal fabrication, fine artist, welder, uh, man of many talents. So, Kevin, welcome to the show. Hello, everybody. Yeah. It, it's it's Carone, too, I believe, okay. right? Is it Carone? Carone, Karen, I answered either one. All right. Well, there you go. Kevin Carone. So thank you for being on, Kevin. Uh, I'm a huge fan of your work. I've been following your channel for a while, and uh, you just do some really cool stuff. So excited to dig into that. So I, I guess we'll kick off what we're working on. I don't know if the guys filled you in, but, Kevin, every week we kind of talk about what we're working on, and it's usually customary for the guests to go first. So you want to tell us about what you've been working on this week in the shop? I am just. Uh, I just finished up a big stainless steel sculpture going to uh, mid-state New York, and I'm working on the next one in a series of three for the same uh, private sculpture park. Nice. I'm also working on a uh, steel and glass uh, cactus for a, a private home up here in the Phoenix metro area. And I'm also working on getting my new CNC table up and running and figuring out just what all those buttons actually do. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. So is that CNC, is that a plasma CNC, or is that actually like uh, machining, or what, what? what's your CNC do? Well, it, it's a plasma CNC. Nice, nice, man. That's uh, Those things are so cool. <clears throat> which uh, which company did you get it from? Was it? Torch made, or? This is one of the, it's a Dynatorch uh, Super B 4x4 table. Nice. That was all I could fit in the space. <laughs> nice, man. That's awesome. That's, uh, that, that I feel like would be such a cool tool. I mean, I have a, you know, a wood, like a CNC router, and it's just so cool to see something you design digitally come to life. And, uh, I feel right. like in metal, that would be an even cooler experience. So, what, what are your plans for that machine? It's just going to help you with fabrication or, do all kinds of weird but, stuff. Right. So, you know, any of the designs that I would normally cut out by hand, you know, a lot of my work I do, you know, I, I do uh, my pre-designing, if you will, in a, a CAD program on the computer. And that's actually what got me into uh, 3D printing was I have all these designs and look, they're in exactly the same format I need to nice. be able to work with the 3D printer. 
Well, those same files are exactly the same format I need to work on the CNC table. So just kind of a natural jump over that way. Nice. And that gets the, the that gets the handshake out of the equation also. <laughs> it, yeah. it does a much better job than I do. <laughs> yeah, that What uh, CAD program do you use? I, the, my CAD program is called GeoMagic. Okay. Uh, it, it's the it's the newer version of Alibre, which is what I started with, and now I'm teaching myself how to use RhinoCAD also. Nice. Yeah, Rhino seems to be that, that's the one I mean. I know everybody's kind of jumping on Fusion because it's free. So obviously that's pretty uh, pretty awesome. Uh, but Rhino, right. it seems like I've talked to the guys at Carbide 3D who make my CNC, and they are huge fans of Rhino. It seems like a super, super uh, versatile tool. So, yeah, that's what's that's the, Whatever like happened to, to Tinkercad? Is that still a thing? I have no idea. It, it's still out there. I actually have a, a copy of it on my computer down at the studio. I just find it it doesn't do the the really the really complex designs yeah. that I'm getting into now. It it's not quite robust enough. That's why I started playing with Rhino. Was it, it would handle those designs that even GeoMagic wouldn't touch anymore. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, it's cool. I was I was just looking at your website and some of the stuff you do with 3D printing and, and jewelry, and it seems like that is such a kind of niche or, or market or whatever you want to say that that 3d printing is really revolutionizing because I, I remember when i was in high school i actually took a jewelry design class and uh, it was amazing that my high school had that but you know we would take a piece of wax and carve it out by hand and then do you know lost wax casting with that and now to be able to do that with 3d printing is just so awesome i mean that is like right. just an amazing amazing technology so right. uh, that's uh well, i have i have a company called shapeways do all my jewelry yeah. print yeah and they're now printing in wax also nice so you hmm. can just do your design on the computer send it to them you know they can go ahead and you lost wax, lost wax, cast it if you want. Yeah. Or they'll just print out the wax mold for you and send it back, and you can do whatever you want. That's with awesome. It. Yeah. yeah. That, that's pretty amazing. How you know times? I mean, I graduated high school in '06, so it hadn't been that long. But uh, you know, that's it's amazing how how much things have changed in even that amount of time. So yeah. that's cool. That's cool. Well, I'm sure we'll get into that a little more later, but. Uh, James, what you've been working on? I know you're at Handworks. Just watched your video on that. I'm a little jealous of that. Uh, you know, I was definitely thinking yeah. about going to that. Did you have a good time? I spent uh, what uh, two days at Handworks, and uh, just for those of you who don't know, Handworks is basically like an entire town devoted to hand tools. And when I mean a town, I mean like an old school town with um, barns and furniture shop and the the, the metal shop and the um, the mill. And they had all of these buildings set up for demonstrators as well as um, tool manufacturers and, um, you know, the guy in his garage who's making hand tools and selling them on the side. And so you can go and play with any hand tool you've ever seen or dreamt of. Every company who sells hand tools is there. And uh, it was just a, a fantastic opportunity to get and meet with literally thousands of people who are interested in hand tools and uh, uh absolute blast so much so much fun <laughs> i'm sorry where was this uh this was in iowa in uh, amana iowa um it, it, about an hour and a half 
into the state driving <laughs> yeah. east on a far from everywhere uh. basically <laughs> that's why i didn't end up going because it's like i think the most efficient route is like fly to chicago and then drive four yeah. hours it's uh, a lot of people who flew into chicago or paid the extra to fly into you know one of the, the midwest yeah. cities around there yeah mm-hmm. yeah i'll have to check that out it but it like only happens event. once every two years Oh. Um, so it's it's not something that you know you can go to every year, um, right. but when it happens, it is absolutely incredible. Yeah, cool. and uh, I think they said uh, there were six thousand people there for it. Wow, uh, or at least six thousand people who, who signed up for it, huh? which that's, was two thousand more than last time. Yeah, that's so. a pretty good crowd. I mean, I, I, like I'm wondering, like how many people were at WIA like last year? I'm just trying to think. <laughs> well, and the other thing is, Handworks is free. Yeah, anyone can go there. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's such a cool, like there are so many, it's such a cool cottage industry, really. You know, it's like all these little companies who are just making these really, really niche products that are just amazing. I mean, some of those companies, like Blue Spruce and some of those guys just make incredible tools. Now, the the whole town of Amana is a historic town. Yeah. Um, And so you have like... Um, three or four distilleries and uh, you have, you know, the, the winemaking facility and you have all of the the uh, cultural farming and uh, weaving and, you know, baskets and things like that. And so the whole town is geared to that. But then to have a, a weekend that is focused on hand tools. And the, the funny thing is, you know, of all the companies there and there were probably like, what, 50, 60 um, hand tool companies. Um, there were probably only like three or four that had more than one employee. Yeah. In other words, like the owner. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so it, it, it's all of these, you know, um, you know, one-off guys who who build things and throw their heart into making this tool and actually pouring their heart and soul into the sport of hand tools. Yeah. It's kind of a. It's really cool. No, it's a, it's an amazing community. I mean, I, I you know got a little taste of that at WIA, and you know you see all these obviously you know Instagram posts and, and things like that. And if you get into that stuff, you start to you know Google around and and you know just totally get really addicted to looking at that stuff. But then seeing it in person is just a whole nother. There, there's just something yeah. about handling those types of products. I mean, because you know. If yeah. like, like some of those blue spruce products are not cheap. You know, you could you could drop a lot of money on like a set of their chisels or whatever, but the quality and craftsmanship is just incredible. Well, like uh, Sauer and Steiner were there. Oh, and if man. you've never Jesus. seen their stuff, yeah. um, ridiculous. So you, like literally, you can walk up and pick up a four thousand dollar hand plane and play with it. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, that's yeah. that's 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 handworks right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those those things are crazy. Amazing, that's cool. That's cool. Well, Zach, what you been working on? Um, a little bit of everything. Uh, so I, I can't remember. I think I said something about it last week, but last time it rained here, we realized that my roof was leaking. So it's uh, the joys of being a homeowner. The past three months have just been ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I've been water, actually, AC, and now roof. Yeah, yeah. So it's like uh, Trace, my wife, and I have been meaning to to watch Money Pit because it's. I, I think we can now that we're older, we can probably <laughs> totally relate with that movie. Um, so I think it's just. I think it's the the universe telling you you need to leave Florida. I think that's what it I is. absolutely do. You know, yeah. my like my business is going so great here, and like 
I used to lo- I loved where I lived so much in Portland. I think it's the most beautiful city I've ever lived in. It just got too crazy expensive. And uh, but all, all that being said, uh, being self-employed here, I'm happier, even though I hate everything else oh, about yeah. where I'm at. Like just the fact that my time is my own time and yeah. I work for myself. I will take I will take that living here over you know, working a month, you know, working my old job in any city in the world. So I'm, I'm happy. I can't really complain. I can just always try and make things better. But yes, I would love to get out of the state. Um, so yeah, so re-roofing my house and, uh, let's see, I'm finally, I'm still waiting for the upholster. I dropped the chairs off. Um, this is like turning into a, a James dresser build here. How long I've been working on these things for, um, <laughs> So I, I dropped the chairs off at the upholster last week. So I was hoping to get them back today, maybe tomorrow. If all goes well, I will have those completely finished next week. That's my goal. And uh, so I have that. I have some uh, trestle table that I have to design. And uh, then I'm going to start that industrial desk build. And I did some work on the truck on my other uh, ZH restoration channel. So I... Uh, actually straightened out the uh the body or the bet the the box on the back of it so sweet that'll be an upcoming video i saw that uh that puller you had oh the stud welder yeah Yeah. that thing's incredible it's uh really handy for if you have a dent in something uh you can just weld a little i don't know if it's copper well it's probably i'm sure it's steel but it has some coating on it so that it you can pull on it, but when you twist it, it pops off. Hmm. So I, I was looking at it and I'm like thinking like, there's gotta be a way where I can actually use this on a piece, like to do something. <laughs> I don't know. Have you ever, have you ever seen those Kevin? No, I haven't. But what's the, the make and model on it? It's, I think the one that I have, it's like a HS a hot shot or something. I'll put a, I'll, I'll get a, a link to you and I'll put it in the show notes, but it was like 200 bucks and uh, I got it from Amazon and so it's for body work. It, it welds these. It's a stud welder. So you, you push it. You know, if you have a dent, usually you get a dolly, which is just a big block of metal and a hammer, and you can beat out the dent. Well, this thing is for those situations where you can't get behind the dent to push it out. So I thought that's what a plasma cutter was for. <laughs> just cut it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make it art. Um, but no, it works really well. So you just push it up. You put a little stud in there. It's like a rivet almost, but it's just huh. a little stick of metal. And it tack welds it to the, the surface. And then you get like a slide hammer or a little T-gripper. And okay. you just knock it and it starts. It just pops the dent out. I mean, you have oh. to kind of work in from the outside. But Oh, cool. Um, there's got to be a way. Like I, I would think that if you saw how it worked, I mean, just the fact that you do the things that you do, I'm sure you would instantly have... 10 ideas how to incorporate it into what you do so yeah but uh, then i've had nine of them that wouldn't work (laughs) (laughs) yeah well it's so yeah that's that's uh i don't know how i'm gonna use it for other stuff but it's i'm really glad i i have it because it's just uh it works very well so yeah i've seen the ones that are uh, i guess they call them a screw puller yeah, where you drill a little hole in the dent, screw this thing in, and then it's just got a slide hammer on it to knock yeah, them out it's, that way. It's the same exact philosophy, but you don't have to drill a hole and you don't have to fill it because yeah. it just tacks on there, and then when you bend it, um, it pops right off, and you Excellent. just 
so yeah, it's it's very cool. Have to look at it. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at it on Amazon too, and I love that the the tagline is "Reduce the PITA factor, the pain in the blank." It's that's like <laughs> on yeah. the gun itself. That's freaking hilarious to me. That's awesome. uh, I'll see if I can find the one that I that I bought. I think this is the I one, some... the H and S, whatever. I, I think I. H&S Auto Shot 5550. Yep, yeah. that's the one. Yeah, there you go. 183 bucks. Yeah, and it was well spent. Yeah. It works wonders. Nice. So Nice. Yeah. Happy cool. with that one. Well, I've been working on a bunch of stuff. Uh, obviously, last week, apologize again to everybody for missing last week's show. Just uh, was totally balls to the wall, crazy building those bathroom vanities, but... Got them buttoned up and delivered on Friday. Got them installed. So really, really happy with the way they turned out. That'll be a project video here in the next couple of weeks. Um, also worked some more on the Rubo. Uh, unfortunately, ran into, of, of all things, I was like done with it and go to install the leg vise. And uh, I'm using the uh, Lake Erie wooden nut and uh, vise screw. And I guess they, they've been sitting in my shop for a long time. It's pretty humid. It's a basement garage shop, so it, it gets pretty humid in there. And I guess it swelled up just enough to where it wouldn't run through the nut. So I, I should have probably put a little bit of a, you know Danish oil or something on there just to kind of seal it a little bit when I received it. But uh, anyway, so that, that put me behind. I, I didn't want to put out a video of the bench not being finished, so... Uh, if you're listening to this on the iTunes feed, that will have come out uh, yesterday for you. So uh, definitely go check that out. I'm really, really excited to finally have this thing pretty much done. I mean, the base is all assembled and attached to the top, and basically I just need to... You're making me want to come back. Yeah, it's going to be a beast. It's uh, basically just need to install the leg vise and flatten the top and drill the, the dog holes, and I will be ready to roll. So pretty excited about that so that's that's awesome um also just finished up this butcher block maple top uh for that jet and powermatic offices we'll be delivering those tomorrow to nashville so uh, really happy with the way that turned out another monster of a hard maple piece i am <laughs> hard maple is so heavy i'm getting tired of working with it it is like just incredibly awkward this thing is like six feet long and two feet wide and most of it's like four inches thick um, we were talking a little bit before the show, so I did a little bit of trickery to make it look like it's four inches thick all the way through. So basically, I, you know, it's it's bushel block, so it's you know just kind of strips that are glued together. Um, but what I did was the center section is only an inch thick, and then I mitered over the ends, uh, and then added a four inch wide strip on either side. So that way, it the border essentially of the whole piece is four inches. Uh, you know, tall, but the center is only an inch thick. So that way I save a lot of wood and save a lot of, uh, you know, just weight and just a pain in the butt to move. So, um, and it's still, you know, obviously super strong still. It's over an inch thick hard maple, even at its thinnest point. So uh, that'll be perfect. It's just, you know, going to be basically like a little, you know, I, I don't even know, some sort of little piece of furniture in their offices. So definitely not getting hard use or anything like that. So, um, happy with the way that turned out and then just finishing up those arts and crafts dining chairs. So that's going to be basically all next week for me. 
and uh, finally get those delivered next weekend, hopefully, and uh, excited to have those done. I'm I'm a little nervous. Uh, still got to do all the joinery right now. I've got all the pieces cut. But uh, Have you done any uh, color testing? Did I, I say have, it right this time? I not, think I did. Not really, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you said it half right. <laughs> all right. Well, that's better than yes. less than half. You didn't say full-on Keller, but uh, it was it was kind of in it's, between Keller and Keller. Get, okay, but for those of us who only play with metal, what kind of testing are we talking about here? So I have – so basically I'm building these for a, a family friend, and they already have an existing pair of chairs that they want me to exactly duplicate, including the finish color. So basically these chairs are probably 20 years old. You know, they've, they've of course changed in color over that time slightly. So I need to figure out a finish that's going to match these things dead on and hopefully hold that color pretty well. So, um, I told him just to make two extra and get rid of the ones that they yeah, gave him. Yeah, it's yeah. basically. That's, that's, <laughs> but, or just refinish the other ones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just, just strip <laughs> that, the other that ones. Would, I would have thought of that afterwards and felt <laughs> yeah. really dumb. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's the part that's stressed. Well, that and, I mean, you know, basically I need to make these so dead on that, you know, side by side you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. So um, it's – it's one of the more stressful things I've taken on, but it's a really good learning experience. I've ne- never actually built a chair before, so uh, there's a lot of challenges. You know, the, just the the back and all of the joinery of the, the back splat and all that kind of stuff is, is just really yeah. complicated. So, um, And those darn legs have to all be the same length. You know, that's uh, <laughs> that's the easy part. <laughs> that, that I can handle, but it's all this, like, curved you know rails that have to all be on the same parallel face to the curved back and chairs are hard yeah yeah yeah. i I really like benches you know benches are great (laughs) i can handle benches very more like per you know per capita like per leg get more seating especially you you can do like ice wise the same amount of work and get three times the the seating capacity yeah, I mean, I, I would charge the same for, like, a six-foot-long, like, basic bench as I probably would for, like, a, you know, dining chair like this because the amount of complexity, you know, and so you definitely get more bang for your buck. Although I really am not a fan of sitting at benches, like, at a dining table, so I, I can't blame people. Having a back <laughs> is uh, pretty nice. So, uh, yeah. Just like a park bench dinner table. <laughs> yeah, <be> seriously. <laughs> seriously. Uh, like reclinable. I haven't seen that yet. That would be good. The, like a the, lazy boy the Lazy bench. boy dining chair. Yeah, that would be. The lazy uh, bench. Yeah, that's just reminding me of Wally. You know, you just hover up to your dining chair and, uh, you know, just shovel the food in your mouth and uh, then nope. hover over to the TV. Or just skip the dining table altogether, you know, just hover over to the TV and eat right in front of it. But uh, anyway, so, yeah, that's what I've been working on. Uh, excited to be done with those chairs and take a couple of days off of woodworking. Needless to say, it's been like crazy ever since i got back from vacation so uh, yeah it's been i'm i'm really excited for i still have to like this i have to do this big industrial desk which i'm going to use a whole bunch of like c channel which is pretty stout stuff it's like three inch c channel but after that like i actually think i'm going to be doing just just a woodworking project and i'm actually really excited to have like (laughs) yeah just to have like a clean shop and like quiet it's going to be so nice is that the trestle table i was going to ask is that the trestle table 
Yeah, uh, yeah. that's going to come. At least the plan is, is that's going to be what I do after this industrial desk, which I have yet to start. But yeah. Nice. Yeah, that that will be nice. I, I don't know how you do that day after day, man. It's just such filthy work. I mean, both of you guys, obviously, it's uh, <laughs> it's fun, but damn, it's a mess. You know, it's yeah, like it's. And it's I can't wait loud. to blow. I can't wait to blow my nose and see like yeah, nothing. Have it not be black. <laughs> yeah, just just not. Just <laughs> it doesn't matter old. what I put on my face. It's is it the same way for you, Kevin? Oh, big time. Yeah, it's really kind of rude sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and like especially if you have like i mean i have a beard so anytime like it, i get in the shower like right when i get in the shower it just smell it just all like i don't know there's just the smell of like burnt metal it's yeah. just, it just collects it it's yeah. it's, it's no the, good the, the thing that really gets to me is when i'm doing a lot of grinding and i'm wearing you know my my dust mask and i've got my goggles on and i've got my hearing protection on and my gloves and i'm just going to town there and everything is fine until the point where i actually go to take off the goggles and the dust mask and that's when i get something in my eyes Mm. (laughs) how does that work yeah yeah the worst metal thing i've ever had in my eye was i took all my ppe off and then went to rub my eye and got a little oh. little shaving or something, and I, I could barely open my eye for like the rest of the day. Oh. It was just one of those little yep. things. It was just, it was. Don't awful. talk to me about the worst thing in your eye. Yeah, yep. I don't even want. And, to and when you go to the optometrist to have her take it out, she just gives <laughs> you that. Yeah, right, sure, uh huh. Look, <laughs> I went there like uh, probably two months ago because I thought I had something in my eye. Apparently, it came out, which is good, but it it hurt and uh, scratch the cornea. Yeah, that's what it was, and um, yep. the 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 oh, the like I want to say oh shit I just said it that moment uh, <laughs> happened when I was sitting in the chair and they have like this crazy metal contraption that swings around and even like just them looking in my eye was incredibly uncomfortable because they take yep. their fingers and they like spread your eyelid open yeah and they have like this telescope with the world's brightest light and it's just uncomfortable but then i look over and taped to the post they have smelling salt oh geez (laughs) and i'm like you guys should you guys should put that somewhere else because just the fact that that is like in this room and it's like you have that might be needed like at some point somebody neat said you know what we need we need smelling salt for this kind of stuff (laughs) yeah that was so Uh, painful he passed out (laughs) <laughs> and we couldn't get him. This is yeah. the only thing we could we think of to get revive him. him. Man, that's brutal. Like, I would rather I would rather go boxing than than yeah. have somebody with a razor blade in my eyeball. Yeah, no thanks. So, yeah, cool. Well, we've got uh, a lot we, of we get there. <laughs> yeah, we've got a lot of questions for Kevin, uh, both from the audience and from ourselves. So uh, let's let's dig in here. So. I guess first, Kevin, I just want to know, like, how did you get started in metalworking? What's your background? I mean, obviously, you you took a bit of a unique path doing the art side of things rather than just, you know, your standard uh, day-to-day welding or fabrication. Well, I got into metalworking when I was actually driving a semi for a local pallet company. And we, you know, made and repaired all the shipping pallets. And... We had done a remodel here at the house, 
so now, you know, outside the kitchen, that kitchen patio is all nice and bright and shiny. And that little area right out there, right alongside the garage that you could just kind of peek into from the patio for the old trailer and the garbage cans and you know, just the stuff you want to hide from the company. So my wife said, well, can you make a privacy screen? Just something to block that area up. So I spent a couple of weeks down there at the yard looking at all of the scrap lumber we were getting coming in, all these pallets, all these uh, shipping skids, looking for some kind of hardwood, enough of it, the right type, you know, to be able to make a privacy screen and never could find enough. So one of the big machine pieces of machinery we had was a wood grinder. So when the pallet is just broken up to the point where nobody can fix it, it goes in the grinder. Well, that in-feed conveyor belt on that grinder is four and a half feet wide. It's a quarter-inch thick plate, and it's 30 feet long once Jeez. you finally stretch it all out. Well, because we run water on it to keep the dust down, the links that allow this belt to actually move, those links wear out after a while. You, know, you can fix them once or twice. But then there's so many of them that are bad. There's so many of them that are broken. You finally just pull the whole conveyor belt off and put a new one on. Well, I saw that conveyor, that old conveyor belt sitting there, and the boss said, if you want it, take it. So I took <laughs> a six-foot chunk of it home, and it was all I could do to pick it up and put it in the trailer to get it. <laughs> Stood it upright so the slats went vertically, put a little bit of a wiggle in it so it would actually stand upright on its own. And we looked at it and thought, well, hey, that's kind of cool. It's got this nice beaten patina to it. So I made a frame for it. I put wheels under it so we could put it up there. But because it was on on the, on the concrete, that way we can move it out of the way if we ever wanted to get through that area. Well, there was about, you know, 30, uh, no, about 26 feet left worth of that conveyor belt. So my wife said, well, why don't you go down and get the rest of that? Because that stuff is cool. So I'm sitting there looking at, you know, approximately a ton worth of conveyor belt material <laughs> in this little on this little concrete pad that was eight feet wide by twelve feet long. That's where I started doing metalworking outside. And I was thinking, well, okay, now I have to break this up in little four foot chunks and literally carry it all the way around the house because that's where the scrap pile was, was on the Jeez. other side of the house. Good planning. <laughs> and I thought, well, you know, the more I looked at that ver those vertical slats, I thought, well, you know, if I turn them horizontally, put that same kind of wiggle in it and run water down it, it would make a cool fountain. Well, that fountain is called Stretch. It came with its name you know, before I even made it. It already had a name. It's seven feet tall and two and a half feet wide, and it's still out in my backyard running. That's awesome. <laughs> one of my friends saw it, or I mean, one of our friends saw it, and she was a caterer at the time. And she said, I will trade you a month's worth of dinners if you'll make me a fountain. Okay. And another friend, same thing. I'll trade you for if you make me another fountain. Well, then a guy showed up one day with five $100 bills and he said, you know those big bells you make out of the compressed gas bottles? Can you make one of those for me? And I thought, wait, 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 time out here. I get paid to do this? <laughs> this is awesome. I just and, posted a link in the live chat to uh, the stretch sculpture that he's talking about. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, super that's neat. cool. And, and that's pretty much how it got started. That's awesome. You know, one of the... Uh, 
uh, we had taken our privacy screen and we had it in my very first show in a local gallery here in, in Scottsdale, Arizona. And one of their good patrons saw it. Well, this gentleman is on the board of directors at a couple of you know very high-end organizations here in town. He called and said, I saw that privacy screen. I want one for my backyard. Okay. Well, I went over and measured. You know, My privacy screen was six and a half feet long. His was going to be 18 feet long. So I had to learn how to use a transit so I could figure out where, you know, how to get the the the, uh, the pads in, you know, pour, get everything level, get everything straight. I had to make this whole privacy screen here. Well, I was on, I was in my studio by then, but I had to make it all down there. And what I found out three quarters of the way through the project was, oops, I've made too many fountains with this conveyor belt material. I don't have enough material to make his privacy screen. So I wound up taking my privacy screen apart to be able to make it <laughs> and how to make another one for us. You yes. Know? Isn't that the way it goes? So, yeah. I'm an accidental artist, basically. I, I stumbled into it and discovered I was I was actually kind of good at it and have been having fun ever since. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, on the topic of accidents, so uh, we've talked about this before and how our mistakes kind of become – design features if you will how, how oh, sure. often does that happen for you is that that's something that a lot of your pieces kind of maybe happy accidents that ended up being something that you really loved uh it, it happens more often than not actually when i when i am building a piece you know for spec i am building something just for myself it's just you know coming out of my brain there's no paperwork there's no drawing or anything i am often very amazed that well, the piece didn't come out exactly how I saw it in my head. And I thought, well, oh, cool. cool. I have the starting of a series here. Yeah. You know, I still have the original image in my mind. So I'll just go ahead and make it again and see how it turns out that time. Yeah. That's so, awesome. Yeah. They, they, they want to morph. You know, as you're making a piece of art, it wants to change. It wants to be what it is. You know, follow your bliss. Follow what the metal is telling you to do. And awesome yeah. you know see what see what happens that's awesome yeah that's that's very cool so what would you you know i'm sure there's a lot of people listening who maybe are you know this is i think probably mostly woodworkers who listen to this show but obviously some people who do metalworking as well yeah i get a few i get a few people yeah i mean and I, and I, metalwork, so i think a lot of people who listen also are probably maybe interested in dabbling in metalworking. So what would you recommend Kevin to people who are wanting to get started with it? I mean, how, how did, I mean, did you just learn to do this? Just basically messing around with your conveyor belt stuff. I mean, did you just kind of pick up a welder and, and go to town or did you take a class or how, how did you learn to do it? Well, my, my very first welding class was in high school. Uh, it was all of two weeks long. And, you know, basically the, the teacher said, this is a welder. Whatever you do, don't lick this end of it because you'll get a shock. <laughs> you know, it's a stick welder. Um, you know, here's some metal. Go in those little booths over there and have fun. It was it was two weeks long. There was almost no instruction whatsoever. Um, I didn't pick up another welder until, oh, good God, probably eight or nine years later when I was in the military. And even though I was uh, I was trained as an electrician, 
I really wasn't supposed to be playing with the welders, but I was there, you know, I had duty that night. So it was something I just wanted to try. But, you know, once I finally got here, I, I really just, I'm just really self-taught with the welding. Uh, you know, I've had no formal training in it. Uh, I have no training whatsoever. I'm sorry, formal training in uh, in any of the art. Um, it's just, I you know, I, I like what I see. You know, when I look at something that I've created that's not right, you know, I, I can see that, okay, that's not quite the way I wanted it to be. So you either throw it out in the backyard and scrap pile and start over, or you cut it apart and change it, you know, and make it the way you see it. Make it the way you're happy with you. You know, you're happy in your chest and you're happy in your mind and you like what you're looking at. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, well said. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah, I think that's why it's art. I mean, if if you had if you had to go to school to to learn art, um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it just doesn't seem. I'm not saying that it's not valuable. And and the funny thing is, is you know, I, I I went to school, but I didn't go to school for art. But the more I get into it, the more I'm like fascinated by the subject and the topic, and like reading about it and learning about like the movements and art and all of that stuff. So it's you know, it's kind of this, uh, this combination of things, the interest and the education. I think kind of eventually if you're into one, the other one will kind of match up with it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I believe art is the physical manifestation of emotion. Yeah. Yeah. My job as an artist is I have to create something that touches you. It's not what I see. It's not what I feel. It's what I make you see and feel. Yep. Yeah, it's like yep. music. Yep. Right. It's the same. It's just a it's like a different medium of expression. Yep. Right. So yeah. That's that's a really interesting way to think about it, but it makes perfect sense. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we got another question from the audience here. Uh, so, yes, Kevin, looking at your website, I see the Red Moon Slice end table, which is really cool, by the way. Uh, and he just asked, how big is your 3D printer to be able to print that? Because that, that's pretty large, 25 inches by yeah. 20 by 20. That's that's pretty, yeah. pretty beefy. I, I have three 3D printers. Uh, I have a, a CubeX, which was my first one. It prints, um, it's, uh, I believe it's 11 and a half by 11 and a half by 10. So, you know, it, it'll just print a regulation size basketball <laughs> because it's a, it has three different print heads on it. You know, this is, that's the cool thing about this one is it will print in three different colors. Huh. So it can do a basketball. It can put the stitching in it. It can put the logo on it. I wow. mean, it will do all of that. The only problem with this machine is it is widely regarded as the slowest machine of the industry. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it sounds, it, I, I'm sure you guys will know what I'm talking about. It sounds like your grandmother's old dishwasher. <laughs> it moans and groans and carries on, and, and it just makes all kinds of weird little noises. The other two printers I have I, uh, right here behind me, I have a three-foot-tall Delta Bot, which is... Uh, it's this has three towers on it and struts that hold the little print head in there. And this whole thing just kind of sweeps back and forth inside there as it moves, you know, it's, it's following its little pattern. It's actually the machine is actually sculptural on in its in and of itself. 
and then to sit there and watch it work, you know, you listen to the little, it makes kind of like a little surf noise, a little whooshing noise back and forth. So it's really very meditative to watch. <laughs> the piece, the, the, the printer that I printed that end table on is eight feet tall Whoa. and 32 inches wow. in diameter. It will print just a shade over four foot tall. Wow. So you could like almost print another printer with it. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, profit. Sure. That's enormous. Oh, sure. <laughs> that's that's huge. I, yeah. I can almost print my wife. You know, she's five foot tall. You know, so I want, if I want to cut her off at the ankles, cool. I can print another one. It's just trying to wow. upload the, the, the OS, so upload the operational system. <laughs> that just doesn't work right. Man, that is awesome. Man, that that is a huge. I, I don't think I've ever seen a three D printer that big. Most of the time, you know, when when I think about three D printers or I see them in action, they're printing little trinkets, you know, for the for the most part, or, or printing things that then you have to. It's a piece, and then you got to glue right. these things together, like like Bob from yeah. I, I like to make stuff. I don't know if you follow him, but uh, he's been doing a lot of like uh, Star Wars printing. Uh, he he oh, modeled a, a gun, you know, a, a shore trooper yeah. gun, and he had to right. print like four different things and then glue them together to make one right. big thing. But man, an eight foot tall—that's yeah. uh, that's wild. Well, well, this was the first one. Yeah, the one that I have was the original one. It was, it was the prototype. We met the gentleman at a three uh, D printing show at one of the high end furniture stores here in Scottsdale. And he had three different printers there, three different sizes, and got to talking with him and asked him, you know, can you make a big one? He said, well, this is a three-foot tall. I have a four-foot tall one. I said, well, that, yeah, that's great, but can you make a big one? You know, let's, <laughs> let's, go for four, let's go for eight feet. You know, of course, in my brain, I'm thinking, well, the ceiling in the office where I am right now is eight-foot tall. So if we make the printer eight-foot tall, he'll <laughs> sit in the corner of the office. <laughs> Same I thing never to stop to think about the fact that when you stand something up that's eight foot oh, long yeah. Yeah, yeah. and you want to make it eight foot tall, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. you need about eight foot eight or nine, I guess yes. it is, on that ceiling. So that big printer is now living out in our dining room. <laughs> <laughs> one of the, I think one of the coolest, I just wanted to bring it up before I forget, but Kevin has the coolest shop possible. We were talking about dream shops the other yes. week, and I should have I should have mentioned because I remember probably almost two years ago <clears throat> you had a video where he has so he moved into like this automotive shop, old automotive shop, and you know the the car lifts right? How thick is that slab that you put on there? <laughs> it, it's an inch and a quarter thick by five foot wide by ten foot long. <laughs> and it's so he put that on the lift. So he has a car lift essentially that's a giant platform. <laughs> it, it's my welding table. You know, it, it goes yeah. all the way from the ground. It'll go all the way up to six foot tall. Jeez. Uh, one of the big sculptures that I did that now lives in um, in uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. It was ten foot in diameter. So I built it lying down on top of this table, which was great because I could put that table any place I wanted. You know, the whole table even rotates 360 degrees. So I could turn it around. I could do anything I wanted with it. When it came time to stand that big puppy up, well, then I could put it next to the table and pick the table up when I wanted to work up on the top of it. 
God. Yeah, it was so like a little scaffolding, if you will. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah, yeah you just but, put out a like five-part studio tour. So definitely, if you guys... Right. Go check that out. Kevin's got a great channel, especially if you want to learn more about welding and metal fabrication. He's got a lot of really good, just kind of tips and tricks videos. Uh, Thank you. Very good stuff. Yeah, I think. And, I, and I take requests. You know, if you come out and watch one of the videos and you want to know, hey, what about or how do I, you know, yeah. just drop a comment there. It shows up on my computer eventually, and more often than not, we make a video about it next time. You know, yeah. and, and put it up there for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think but, that's uh, definitely want to. I definitely want to add that to my my uh, dream shop would be <laughs> the hydraulic floor lift welding table apparatus. Yeah, that amazing. thing is unbelievable. But well, you know the, those hydraulic cylinders are really not that expensive. You know, you, you can set up. Uh, I was going to do it for the motorcycle. I was going to set up a hydraulic lift table out in the garage. Uh, I could do the whole, like, you have to cut the hole in the floor, bring the plate in, put in the, the cylinder, put in the pump, put in the reservoir. It was going to cost about two grand. Wow. wow, that's not bad at all. Yeah. Really now, you know, you got to remember the one in my studio, it's for picking up cars. <laughs> yeah. And it's for picking up the old cars. You know, the, I, my studio was built back in 1947. You know, and the lift that we're talking about, it was installed in 1950. So it's for picking up, you know, good old fashioned Detroit iron, you know, cars yeah. that weigh three, four, five ton. So <laughs> it's worked, way, way overbuilt for anything that I would ever do with it. I but, worked at like, a Ford dealership and the that was built in either the forties or the fifties, and I had I had four bays and two of them had the same lift with that oh. circular cylinder that you could just spin the cars. Yep. <laughs> which you didn't want to want it to do. It usually had like a little weak support beam that would keep it from doing that, but right. Right. But, uh, yeah, yeah, very cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. <clears throat> cool. Well, uh, you guys got any more questions for Kevin? You want to move into the joke of the week? What do you think? Did we – I think we had one more. Um, oh, yes. Yes. From uh, uh, Bryce? From Bryce, yes. So he said uh, he'd like to know your thought process, Kevin, on – site-specific sculptures so how do you do you go in with a plan or do you let the kind of context of the site more speak to you uh, what, what steps do you take during the design process that kind of thing if it's a local site you know within you know, like within arizona we will normally drive there and go visit the site personally uh, if it's outside of arizona we ask for you know four or five six photographs different areas different angles um, different times a day. And then I normally just wind up sitting here with, you know, a, a frosty adult beverage and <laughs> you look at them, you think about them. And w one of the things we learned very early on was Photoshop is a great help because I can design something in my CAD program. And then I hand it off to my office manager slash wife slash the voice in the videos. <laughs> and she's a Photoshop whiz. So she'll take that 3D image that I create in CAD, and oh. she can put it right into a photograph of the location, put whatever color we want on it. Um, I've learned how to put shading on it so it looks like the sun is shining from this side or from that side. And then we can send it back and forth to the client. You know, what do you think of this? How does this look for you? You know, and they come back and say, well, you know, we really like this part, but what were you drinking slash smoking when you did that part? <laughs> and did you have any more? 
Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and, and then it just turns into a collaboration, you know, back and forth, you know, just kicking ideas around until everybody's happy. So, I mean, what kind of criteria do you get, though? Like, say, I know you did something for, like, a college or something. Do they do they say, like, hey, we want some sort of circular thing? Or do they pretty much say, hey, here's the dimensions. Do whatever you the, want. Yeah, here's the space you have to work in. That's so it, feet, huh? By so many feet, by, you know, the sky's the limit. Because Man. most of my stuff is outdoors. Um, you know, try to keep it family-friendly. <laughs> Try to keep it safe. Enormous penis. Uh, yeah. I, I made a, a one of my very early commissions was a, a a bell. It was a wind chime for a park down in Tucson, Arizona. And I had left the bottom of that cylinder, you know, that 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 gas bottle that I cut to make the bell out of. I left the bottom of that open because I learned that if you try to put anything on there to keep somebody from reaching up inside, it actually messes with the sound it makes it ring different or makes it not ring at all so you have to leave that open well they didn't like the fact that there was a oh i don't know it was about a five pound solid steel ball hanging on the the chain inside there because they were afraid somebody would reach up inside there and ring it and smack their hand with it so i wound up having to go down there and reach up in there one-handed and be able to pick up that chain and put a padlock in that chain to pick that ball up higher up inside the cylinder <laughs> and make it safer, you know, just to try to idiot-proof yes, it. Yes, keep the And, of course, you put the ball in a different location, now the bell has a different tone. Huh. Wow. You know, it made it more of, a, made it more of, an, uh, of an alto instead yes. of a baritone. That's oh, awesome. interesting. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, people come to me and say, this is my space, this is my budget, you know, what can you do for me? Wow me. Uh, they also come to me and say, well, you know, this is what we were thinking, but we'd yeah. love your interpretation on it. Yeah. And, you know, like the two the two stainless sculptures, the one I just sent off and the one I'm working on now for the, the sculpture garden in New York State, he literally came to me with his designs. You know, I want this. Hmm. This, is, this is what I see. This is what I want you to build. So the, the whole gambit, you know, wild and free and do whatever you want to here's where you need to work. You know, this is what you need to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a feeling that's the case with a lot of client work. You know, I think some clients, no matter what medium that might be, you know, I think some clients are just really, if they find somebody whose style they like, they're, they're cool with them kind of using their imagination, but there are also right. those clients who are super, super anal and want you know it down to the exact you know quarter of an inch, or else uh, you're you're in trouble because they've got a, a spot in mind for it you know. So right. uh, yeah, right. yeah, cool. Well, uh, I think that does it for the questions. So thank you to everybody in the live chat. We had some really good ones there. So um, so I guess we got a joke of the week. This is a pretty good one. So I guess it's more of like a little story than even like a joke with a you know punchline, <laughs> but uh, it's it's pretty good. Was this you, Jan? Did you did this come from who found this? No. one? I, I don't want to say that I found it because I feel like somebody you would make me read it, and it's <laughs> and it's it's really bad. Well, the delivery is going to be the key, and, and it yeah, and I'm really bad at that. I I it's have a no skill. Long. Well, I'll, I'll give it a shot, but we'll see. Right, this one's from Ryan Hubbard. I posted a last-minute SOS in nice. a Facebook group, and he nice. came through with this one. So, 
All right. You're so up. Here we go. <laughs> so he said, uh, okay. So Bob had a lot of work ahead of him, so he decided to hire a part-time helper. Your first job will be to sweep up the sawdust, he said, handing him a broom. Look, I'm, I'm practically a university graduate, the young man protested. Oh, I understand, Bob replied. Here, I'll show you how. But <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So yeah, thank works. you for that. Thanks, Ryan Hubbard. Ryan. <laughs> and uh, if you guys have more jokes of the week, always uh, feel free to submit those. We have a contact form on the website. That's been a fun segment that kind of ebbs and flows. And some weeks we have like three jokes, and some weeks we have none. So uh, it's it's always always fun. So I guess let's talk about what we've been watching or or reading or whatever. So uh, who wants to kick us off, Kevin? I guess you're the guest. Customary kind of for you to go first. We have been binge watching uh, Shameless. <laughs> nice, that show's awesome. <laughs> and we have been and we have also been watching uh, Grace and Frankie. Nice. Yes, that's a, another really good one. So, Shameless, are you watching the U.S. version or the U.K. version? The U.S. version. Nice. Nice. Yeah, that's uh, that. <laughs> that's a ridiculously funny show. That, uh, yep. That, that's hilarious. Nice. Cool. James, what about you? Um, I actually was recently going back through uh, Matt Carmona's videos um, and looking back at his um, uh, his secretary that he made a few years ago. Because uh, I kind of had this odd itch after uh, handworks about possibly doing a uh, period piece. Ooh, a little Queen and, Anne uh, style. Well, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I have another three Dude, if that dresser took you a year, a that would be uh, like maybe twenty thirty by the time you got that thing done. That thing is crazy. But, uh, yeah, Matt Cremona is about to actually start doing a uh, high boy. Yes, and I'm looking forward to that. It'll be in the the guild videos, um, but he'll always, he'll put up some videos about what's going on, how he's doing it. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, it's funny. Like the period stuff does nothing for me, like aesthetically. Like I really have no interest in having that kind of stuff in my house. But the skill involved in Challenge. making it is yeah. unbelievable. Like that, Kevin. If you haven't seen uh, Mac Ramona's channel, he, he's amazing. But he did this this secretary out of cherry. That did he mill oh. that cherry himself? I can't even remember. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He actually, when he finished it, he it almost all came out of one tree. Wow. And when he finished it, he took the secretary back yes. into the woods, stood on top, like a half mile back to the woods, and set it right next to the stump where the yeah. tree was cut. And yeah. Wow. Yeah. Did it, you see? It is amazing. I think it was on his Instagram the other day where he's loading up that gigantic uh, chunk of like tree on the. Trailer. Oh yes. It, this the, is uh, incredible. So he's walk. got this huge trailer, and he's got like this this uh, I don't know like Arch. this. Uh, yeah. What's that? The it's arch. a lifting arch. Yeah. Yeah, a lifting arch, and he's picking it up, and he can't get it on the trailer because the thing's so heavy. So, like, he gets on the other end of it and stands on it to pick up the. It was, it was just really cool. I don't know if it's on his Instagram down. still, but like, he had he had to use himself as a counterweight to like throw this giant huge piece. It was. It was really cool. Yeah, he, he's, he's, he's an amazing. He said dude. five thousand pounds, and and he probably weighs like a hundred and thirty soaking wet. He's like the <laughs> yeah. the littlest dude. Like of of all the dudes who would be you know wrestling giant lumber. Uh, yes. Matt would not be the one. He doesn't own a slab that weighs less than he is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it would never be Matt that you'd guess would do it. But man, he is so freaking talented. Like he is. Uh, 
yeah and just such a fun happy dude yeah i I love watching that stuff so that's awesome that's awesome uh so i've got two this week um heath knuckles who i don't know if you guys follow him he does a lot of like resin work and uh just amazing casting kind of stuff and I'm just always floored by the pieces he ends up with. Like the the clarity in some of these resin pieces is just amazing, and he has these beautiful burl pieces that he gets, and then mixes them with this crazy, uh, like alumalite resin, and then you know puts them in a vacuum pot to get rid of all the bubbles, and then turns it on the lathe, and you just end up with this just gorgeous. It almost looks like you know glass or something like that. It's so clear. And uh, just really, really cool. So definitely check out Heath. He should have more subscribers than he does. Um, and then Brian Oltroge, which I don't—I I actually saw a video of his a, a while ago, a couple, probably almost a year ago now. Um, but he made this, it's like an outdoor fire basket grill thing for a patio. And I, I think Kevin and Zach, you guys would really dig this. It's a fabrication piece, but he basically takes angle iron and cuts him at all these wild angles and ends up with this really cool kind of geometric looking it's almost like a a claw looking thing that that he turned into this fire pit slash grill and just a a ton of ridiculous angles that he had to come up with and a really really cool video so um cool check that out yeah it'll be in the show notes if you guys want to give that a watch but uh, he's got a great channel he the, the video I originally found, he was doing 3D printing and then doing, like, sand casting. So he needed a, a like, sand rammer or something for his casting. And so he 3D printed one out of plastic and then cast it out of brass. And uh, that's another, like, kind of application for 3D printing that I think is amazing. You know, not only jewelry, but, like, casting metal parts. Uh, just really, really cool stuff. So uh, definitely check out his channel. So, Zach, how about you? What you been watching? Um, well, I am still on that book that I've been, uh, been talking about for the past <laughs> exact six bought shows. stock in that book. It is, I'm halfway through it. it it's a big book and it's really good and it's, I'm just taking my time reading it, but, uh, I, I'm going to have to start augmenting that in the show. I'm just for now on, I'm just going to let you know when I'm done reading that <laughs> book. Seriously. So I'm just going to put that, I'm just going to just know that I'm continuously working my way through it. Um, speaking of which, uh, one of my uh, patrons, uh, Tom Ferrone, who's also in the live chat, uh, sent me a whole bunch of incredible books the other day. Um, they nice. just—I've just—it's been great. I've been coming home, and there's like stuff from Amazon on my porch, and from people that I don't even expect. But he sent me like uh, four or five books, and they're—they're they're all on like furniture design and like really heavily focused on the design aspect of it and like materials. And it's just, they're all really, really cool. So I'm, I'm, I'm task oriented, so I can't start a book until I finish another book. So, but I, I'm actually, I'm really excited. Maybe this will help me work through the one I'm currently reading faster. So thanks for that, Tom. But, uh, also, uh, Pontiac is, is a, it's a, they have a new album out. It's one of my favorite bands, uh, p-o-n-t-i-a-k so yeah nice for, for my music music fans out there it's 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 good stuff i'll give that a listen that, that sounds cool 
Awesome. Well, I guess uh, let's do the tool of the week. So, uh, Kevin, just in case I didn't fill you in, usually we just talk about kind of a tool this week that we've been really enjoying using, whatever that Bonding. might be. Yes. Tool bonding. You've been feeling the love towards that tool. So, for me, it's been the hollow chisel mortiser. I picked up a cheap one off of Craigslist, a, an old jet. Uh, it was like 200 bucks or something like that. And when I was doing this Rubo base, man, I, I'd never used one before, and, and I'm going to have to use it on these dining chairs. So I, I kind of wanted a little bit of practice on something that wasn't like furniture related. Oh, and sure, sure. It's just so cool. It cuts square holes. Like, that's just the coolest <laughs> thing ever. You know, it's like, it's basically like a fancy drill press that cuts square holes, and it's just amazing. Like, that's. <laughs> just mind-blowing so uh, did, did they have one of those that'll do metal <laughs> yeah that would be nice that uh, they they have those uh presses yeah you need like a punch with. or something well that's the, the weird size thing. of a volkswagen beetle and all it does is yeah. punch square holes yeah. that are an inch wide <laughs> we had and one it of those costs, in the last shop yeah and it costs you know ten thousand bucks probably well, punch stars and rectangles and whatever you wanted that's the interesting thing about the the mortiser is I didn't realize how much of the work came from your arm. Like, it's not just, <laughs> you know, you pull the handle down all nice and easy and, and it cuts the square hole. Like, basically, it's a sharp, like, four-sided chisel that's doing most of the work and then the drill bit's just pulling out the chips. So you're really using some strength to, to you know, cut that square hole. So... Uh, definitely right. not as easy as I expected, but man, really cool tool. Especially like if anybody out there listening can't like afford a domino or something like that, that is a great tool for you know a couple hundred bucks to really be able to simplify and, and make that kind of mortise and tenon you know creation a little more straightforward. So yeah, yeah. James, how about you? Um, I am actually going to be talking about a uh, a broom bristle burnisher. Um, it's a tool that was popularized by the French in the 16th century uh, for doing a French polish. Mm -hmm. And basically, if you imagine a whole bunch of broom bristles uh, packed together and then wrapped very, very, very tightly, um, so it's almost like a hunk of wood, about an inch and a half in diameter, about six inches long, um, and you use that to friction polish your finish on, uh, particularly with a beeswax and shellac finish. Yeah. And um, you can get the highest gloss imaginable uh, with just this cheap broom bristle. Um, and I got to play with one at Handworks this this uh, this week, and it was one that I've I've been wanting to use for a while, and I'm, I, it's definitely high on my purchase list right now. So it's a uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's really cool. stinking cool. I saw that in the video from Handworks, and I. I feel like I had heard of it, but I had never, I don't think, even thought about using one or, or seen it. But that, that is a very interesting-looking tool. Um, it's one of those old, old, old traditional tools that has been completely forgotten. But, yeah. uh, you know, even in a power tool shop, it would, it would be a very, very useful. Seems uh, like a lot when you're of elbow grease, right? Uh, it's really not that much. Yeah. Um, it's it, You put far less um, into it is, than if you were to be sanding. Uh, it's... You know, a few seconds and it's done. Nice. Awesome. Cool. Well, Kevin, how about you? What you uh, been enjoying this week? Well, I, I have been enjoying uh, getting used to and learning how to, to use a brand new plasma CNC table. Yeah. From the good folks over at Dynatorch. And it just, it makes cutting metal so, so much easier 
once you get all your settings in, inputted, <laughs> you know, once you figure out what all those buttons actually do. <laughs> but, you know, good Lord, it, it, to have this machine sit there and cut out this complex shape and there is almost no grinding at the end of it. You know, it's just a little tiny bit of cleanup, yeah. you know, on, on a on a piece that I would do by hand that I would then spend, you know, 15, 20 minutes cleaning up, cleaning up the edges, you know, getting it to the right shape. I'd always have to cut a piece slightly oversized and grind it into shape Yeah, because there's always that little bit of wiggle, you know, yep. you know I mean, literally your, your heartbeat yep. with a plasma cutter, yep. your heartbeat is going to show up in your cut. I mean, it's that sensitive, especially working with the thinner metals. Yeah. So this new table, this new the cutout table, oh my god, it's so fun! It's fun to watch, it's fun to play with, but it's going to make my life so so much easier. Yeah, that, that's going to bring a lot of efficiency, I'm sure. That's uh, <clears throat> I, I would love one of those in my shop. It's just it's like I have zero need for that, but man, I just feel like that would be so cool. Like watching Jimmy Duresta's like the couple of videos he's done on his Torchmate and. It's just so cool, you know, like just just to put your logo and cut it out of metal, like, you know, without having to do anything. Like, that's amazing. James is going to town on his mic cable. Yeah, man, you guys see that? Chopping that down there. <laughs> Very yeah, distracting. Yeah, the great thing with the Dynatorch tables is they have a router attachment. Oh, nice. Nice. So it doesn't have, you it do doesn't just too. have metal. You know, you can set huh. it up to cut wood, plastic, huh. anything like that. You can set it up to scribe. It, you put a you put a diamond point ah, in it, yes, and you, know, you can etch like with brass it. or you something can, like that, or glass. Numbers on it. You can do you can do just Ooh. all kinds of things with it. That's cool. Huh. Crazy. That's cool. Yeah, I think the uh, CNC router parts. I don't know if you looked at them. They're they're another kind of uh, company that manufactures this kind of stuff, and theirs is similar. I know uh, this guy visited out in Oregon. He just picked up their CNC plasma, and you can do the same thing. Just kind of drop a a router in there and then you have essentially a woodworking uh right. cnc so because i mean uh, you know they're both pretty much the same kind of idea right it's uh oh yeah basically oh, servo motors on a big gantry and that's that's right. basically it so uh, yep. that's cool that's awesome zach how about you um well this week the uh the hammer that i ordered way back in like episode two <laughs> it wasn't really that long ago but it's uh i've just been anxiously awaiting this hammer that i ordered from uh, brent bailey forge and i posted a picture of it on my instagram uh if anybody's curious but man it is so cool i mean you'd never think that a hammer could change your like blacksmithing so much but uh it's a three and a half pound hammer, which is significantly heavier than the ones I've been using. I've been using like the German pattern ones and uh, that are probably, I don't know, maybe two pounds. But it's actually, it's, it seems like way less work. I was really excited to use it. And uh, I mean, it really just the weight of the hammer and it's got a bigger face on it. So there's less hammer marks. It's just really, I'm really excited to uh to do some smithing with it the hammer has just totally totally changed everything it's a game changer so yep. uh, yeah nice that's my proper tool, tool week. for the proper job it's yep. the only way to go yeah yeah it's it's incredible but sometimes you don't really know what the proper tool is until you experience it and then yeah. you just go wow this is what yeah. it's supposed to be like yep. yeah 
like yeah, wax man. on the bottom of a plane. Yeah, exactly. Yes, man, that was yeah. like I almost threw my plane off the other end of the <laughs> other side of the piece. I was like, whoa, where did the friction go? <laughs> <laughs> it's like this is doing it by itself. Speaking yeah. of which, uh, just had Justin from Make, Build, Modify hop in the live chat, and I also wanted to shout out his video, the Mega Ice Pick. That was one yes. of the coolest yes. videos. I don't know if you guys did this last week already, but man, uh, you know Jimmy Duresta, his ice pick, basically Justin scaled it up. I mean, that thing was probably like five feet long or something ridiculous, but hand-carved the Duresta name in the brass. I mean, just incredible work, so... Uh, Justin, yeah. and I know you're listening. So Just, uh, Justin's killer, work is really killer work. Lisa's totally the content has just totally been killer. like getting cooler and yeah. cooler and cooler. That dartboard, the dartboard was yeah. crazy. Like the rolled he's, he's up cardboard really dartboard. Cool yeah, four feet long. He just said in the live chat, and also uh, he said hi, Kevin. He said he's a big fan of your work. So uh, there you hi, go. Hi, Justin. Yes, cool. And uh, also, congrats to Jimmy for finally hitting a, oh, yeah. a million subscribers. Yes. Huge, huge congrats, man. Yeah. He is, uh, you know, Jimmy is to me one of the most inspirational dudes in this whole scene. I just think, uh, you know, he deserves all all the accolades he gets. He's a, he does awesome, awesome it's, dude. It's really interesting because um, I mean, I've had I, I've get I get emails sometimes that, and I'm sure you guys do too, where people tell you that like you've helped inspire them to get into the craft or to start doing what they're doing. And for me, I mean, I've, I've maybe gotten it like maybe 10 times or so. And, uh, it's just, it changed. It's just, it's incredible. when I hear that I can't believe it. And then I think of, well, I wouldn't be doing it if it weren't for Jimmy Duresta. And I think about how many people he not only directly affected, but like the spider web effect of, well, he got me into it. And if I got 10 people into it, I mean, just, it's, the guy's changing the world. It's it's incredible. Yeah, yeah it's so. it's amazing. And I mean, he is just such a humble, well, just yeah, just real dude. You know, like you meet him in person, yeah. he's just like he is. You know, on on making it or in his videos or whatever, he's just he's a good dude. So uh, yeah, huge congrats to him. That's a that's a big milestone, man. A million subscribers. That's that's no joke. So. Cool. Well, I think that'll do it for this week's show. That was a lot of fun talking metal yeah. for uh, yes, for for a change. It's so, good. Yeah, have, have a, good. A, a comrade in the metal yeah. work on the show. Yeah. Better to talk about it and then work with it. I think, right? I mean, that's <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Cool. Well, uh, thanks everybody for watching or not watching, uh, listening. And, uh, thank you again to all our patrons. If you guys want to support the show, check us out on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash crafted podcast. And, uh, until next week, happy building. See ya. Take care. Thanks, everybody.